I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. guys welcome back to another episode of the musky hunks podcast i'm one of your four hosts this evening ryan reed we have three other hunks on the line and we have a very special guest tonight so we are excited to be here and talk a little musky and musky fishing so before that who do we have on the phone here tonight we're going to jump over to the one and only mr (laughs) we're going to say on the road mr owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, everyone. I won't say gentlemen tonight because we have a, a, a young lady on the line. So we will say folks. Hello, folks. Welcome. Glad to be here tonight. Fresh off a, a, a painful bocce loss. Bocce yeah, tournament don't, don't loss. Get, don't get me started. The bocce loss is still uh, still stinging right now. Open wound. But a solid musky victory, right? I did, yeah, yeah. So Nick and I, uh, Nick was was kind enough to come and meet me this morning, and we hopped on the gym boat and went out and casted for maybe an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, Nick got a follow with the, with a spinner bait, and then after saying that we were going to stop like three times because it, it was raining, we just kept casting because it felt kind of fishy. And sure enough, I got a little musky about maybe I don't know, maybe thirty six, thirty eight inches, uh, but it was fun. Uh, got a little boat side eat, not not in the figure eight. It was uh, right just before I went into figure eight, but it was cool. It was fun uh, to get a, a muskie in the net when you're not really expecting it. I just got to stop here for a second and give you a nice little round of applause because you know what? At this point in time, you have more muskies in the bag than our resident bass fisherman, Mr. Tommy so- Two Crocs Manata. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Now he's it, it, this is his time of the year though. No, this is where he starts going to his spots. It was entertaining because Mary was making fun of us for being online uh, internet friends. Oh, this random is... random men that meet meet on the internet. Right. Yeah, let's be friends. This is amazing. We also have on the line tonight Mr. Nick Feesler. Good evening. Good evening, Glad to be sir. Here. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you at? Right I got, now? Uh, I'm uh, relocated back to the basement. I'm still. Okay. You look like you're you're in a puff uh, a P Diddy video. Puff That's Daddy exactly what it is. <laughs> We're gonna get some holograms of uh, Biggie in here. There you go. Looks like that, you're laying. Get those edited in. Like laying down on Little Wayne's mirror. That's exactly what I do every night. <laughs> it's good to see your <laughs> smiling face. We also have on the call tonight, Mr. Donnie Swink. Evening, uh, boys and girls. What's up, Donnie boy? Donnie. Fresh, uh, not much here. Fresh, fresh off, off of a of... musky excursion. Yeah, you can call it that. It was a, a good bait washing experience. Traveled over to the uh, great state of Ohio. Uh, got to witness, you know, Ohio just in its finest. And a nice Amish gentleman flopped a, a, as I trolled by, pulled a big dead ski right out of his cooler to show me. <laughs> it in there. They're in here. Wait. 
waved back, gave him the thumbs up, kept right on going. But yeah, you know, that was the only fish I saw all day. So that was fun. Got one. That's uh, well, it's good to see your smiling face tonight. <laughs> so we also have a special guest this evening. We're going to talk a little musky fishing with, with her. So we're super excited about that. All right, so our very special guest for this evening, the musky queen of New York. If yeah. that's fair. Ooh. I'll take it. Your president of Chapter 69 Muskies, Inc., the Salmon Slayer, the one, the only, Katia Rivers. Welcome, Katia. Good to have Hi, you. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hey, coming guys. on. Yeah. So we're excited to talk yeah, we're a little. Yeah, we're looking forward to this one. Ooh. Yeah. I hope talk I little... live up to it. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to talk a little, maybe, can we talk a little Muskie Zank tonight? Talk a little what you guys have coming up and what's been going on. You've been doing a little fishing too, right? Yeah, a little bit here and there. Um, not quite as much in years past, but we've definitely tried to get out when we can. The weather's been rough we've had a constant north wind for weeks it feels like so that's been a little difficult but yeah we've put some good ones um in the bag for sure so i'm off to a good start be the- awesome yeah that's awesome so, so katia how did you get start i mean what well, did you start out fishing as a kid like were, were your parents into fishing or how did you get started so no not so much um Really, like in my 20s, I started fishing. I used to go catfishing with a friend in Illinois. I lived out there for like nine years. And, you know, I did the panfish and stuff like that. Um, honestly, I didn't know what a muskie was until, you know, probably about 10 years ago. So I kind of just jumped right in, you know. And um, so I started dating a muskie guy. And, <laughs> you know, you just, I kind of went into, uh, musky schools so to speak and jumped on the boat with him he had a fishing partner for the first couple years and he ditched him and and all of a sudden he asked me if I wanted to get on the boat and you know I took to it but uh going back when we first started dating like literally one of our first dates he handed me a bait and I'm like what is this you know I didn't really understand it was so big and shiny and these hooks were huge and looking back it was a five inch uh red foil and uh, so I call it my first first date bait he gave me. He's like, do you want one? I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know? so I remember looking at this bait like, what what is going on here? Like, this thing is humongous. And as time went on, you know, I eventually got on the boat. And the first uh, first time I ever caught fish with him was on Chautauqua. But he took me on a, a guided trip. We went with Todd Young, which was awesome. This is early Todd Young prior to him being a ranger guy he had a green lund and you know I went out and it was my first time casting and nobody believed me I got a, a fish and I was so nervous I didn't really realize how many teeth they had or anything like that you know I'm casting I'm like I think I have one I think I have one and no no it's probably weeds or you know they didn't think I had a fish and I did that was pretty awesome so I got one my first time out and was, was that on Chautauqua with Todd? It was on Chautauqua. We we went with Todd. You know, like I said, it was, um, we were casting, I think, the North End. We were in Mayville. I remember casting a Fat AZ Swimmer. It was an orange one. The fish swallowed it. They had to 
you know, get in there, cut the hooks and, and all that. It was pretty, it was just thrilling, you know, right from the get go. So everyone was so excited. Zach was screaming, Oh my God. Oh my God. And he always tells me, you know, I got fish that day too. I'm like, I have no idea. I don't remember <laughs> you getting anything. I just remember my fish, but yeah, you know, I used a boga grip. That's the only time I've ever used one. I, I didn't know how to hold the fish, you know? So after that, you know, I just warmed up to it. I'm like, let's go. I took to boat life itself pretty quick. You know, I wanted to be on the water. I wanted to be on the boat and, and it just kind of spiraled from there. And then we just started getting like all, you know, learning how to run, run his lures. And eventually, you know, we just basically switched over to all bakers, which is fun for us. But, you know, I fished Wiley's. I've got so many fish on Wiley's starting out and stuff like that, but when you first met Zach, where, where was he in the bait making process? Was he already pretty well established or? Yeah. yeah, decently. He had been doing it for quite some years already. Um, you know, but we, um, you know, we just went to Chautauqua a lot. We have a home lake that's about an hour and a half away. And I'd say probably after my major surgery I had, you know, it's just, it was, um, what can I do to uplift my spirits for us to do things together, to, to rebuild my strength? I mean, I literally had all the muscles in my stomach cut and I, I remember going out, I had stitches in my neck and things like that. And it's just like, it made me feel strong and it, it gave, you know, it's just healthy. It's healthy for, for us and for just, I don't know. I just really took no, to it. It's absolutely. addicting. I have a little bit of an addictive personality, maybe. <laughs> so, you know, in that aspect, I, you know, it's just, and it's thrilling and it's, um, and then I got more into learning how to work the rods, how far back the lines go, how to do the leaders, how to clip the boards and, you know, fishing different waterways and learning how to drive the boat. And I don't, you know, I just, I really just learned it all hands on over the last 10 years. And it's just, it's been really awesome. That's awesome. That is super cool. Yeah. Like just to, to go back here, like you mentioned Zach giving you that, that bait. Like the first yeah. thing I thought of was like, he handed you a red foil. Like at the time, did you know like what? It was you... worth. No. Can I tell you two years later, he asked me for it back. He told me, <laughs> so there's this guy, oh. I know who exactly it was for. And he says, you know, that was for an order. And he, I'm like, you know, cause he doesn't make them too often. They're more. Yeah. I know now that they're, they're rare, but no, I had no idea. He put it in a shadow box and everything, but he asked me for it back a couple of years later because he owed somebody foils and he didn't want to make it again. <laughs> But That's I still amazing. have it. I always have it. <laughs> Typical Zach fashion, but it's cute. I still have it for sure. That's it's great. It's priceless. My very That's first it. one was a foil. That's cool. That is so, super cool. Katia, you said you lived in Illinois for a number of years. So were you originally from New York or? Yep. Yeah, I am. Uh, okay. So, yeah, um, I grew up in Rochester, the suburbs, like country, more, you know, more country, but um very close to Rochester. And then I moved out there in my early twenties till about thir 31 or two. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then how long have you been back here? I've been back here about 10 years. Okay. I'd cool. say. Yeah. So I lived out in Cooperstown and Rochester. I've been in Rochester here for about nine years again, since I moved back. 
So where do you guys normally fish? Um, you say oh. you have a home lake that's like an hour and a half away. Do you guys fish the Great Lakes at all? Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, we put a lot of Great Lakes time in. We actually went and got our captain's licenses this past summer, and you it's mandatory to do certain amount of hours. And But we do the river fishing. We love it up there. We've definitely put some time in. You know, um, my family's from up there as well. So there's quite a few as what I call secret lakes. And surprisingly, they really are secrets. I have a couple tiger lakes that I swear nobody knows about, but oh, wow. uh, we, oh yeah, it's pretty amazing. So they've, they've got quite a few smaller lakes that just, I, I mean, if you research, you'll find them, but they're not, they're just not out there and it's quiet. There's one that we, you know, there's not even a boat dock. We have to kind of put the boat in, we have our system and, he pushes me off. I drop the anchor and then, you know, he parks and he has to get in hip deep and get on the boat. And that's one of our favorite places surrounded with rock walls. And, you know, it looks like Canada up there. And that's awesome. It's beautiful. But our home lake, our closest one isn't really that close. Um, you know, I fish Juanita a lot. The cat's out of the bag. That one's about a half hour away, or an hour and a half away. And then uh, Chautauqua's. Ooh, fireworks. Yeah. Um, about two hours and 15 minutes away. We've got a close one that's a Tiger Lake that's about a half hour away. Um, I mean, I fished probably 13 waterways with muskies, but our closest ones aren't incredibly close. It's always like an overnighter or a whole, a long day if you're making the trip, you know, in the morning, coming back. Is Chapter 69 still doing the... Uh... The like kind of uh what did you guys call it tournament trail. trail yeah no we could probably start that back up we kind of had a lag in the club for a little bit so things went to the wayward but no, that seemed we, like a pretty cool uh yeah it really was yeah for sure so um well that's you know, so so what what is that go ahead i'm sorry what was, what, what was the tournament trail? I mean, obviously it's tournament trail was, we were part of it, I guess, so to speak. It was before I was a board member in the club, but I wasn't really part of it. So it would be all of the lakes listed and including the tournaments, but you know, I don't want to misspeak. So it was, you were counting how many fish you caught all season and it went into the, to the trail. So I, I think, and I, I think there was like a dedicated event on each lake too. Yeah. If I remember. Yeah. I know Casey won it. Casey Hoffman last time. And then I don't think we've done it in the last couple of years. So he got a bump board, I believe for winning that, which is pretty awesome. But we Vegas. have thir 13 stocked lakes here and I fished just about all of them except for three, I think. And are yeah. most of those kind of in the, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Most Western, of them are actually in Chautauqua. Yeah, New York. Okay. So most of them are in Chautauqua County, some in Cataraugus, but they're all kind of clumped in that area. And then there's a couple strays. That's just for the pures. And then you have multiple Tiger Lakes as well. You, just in Chautauqua, you have Finley, Chautauqua, Bear, and Cat. Casadega. Yeah, and then they do for the stocking they consider that three separate lakes for lower middle or upper oh really so they'll do you know 500 in the lower and the upper and maybe like 150 in the middle every year huh. for the never, stocking yeah never that's a that wild was... that's a wild body of water there i love yeah, that we, lake i just actually fished that for the first time this year 
So yeah. that was nice. I think it was just a really windy day. And, you know, we always try to have like our blow off lakes. If we're up on the river, that's how we ended up finding like these tiger lakes and stuff like that. Cause you're looking for somewhere to protect you from the wind and the smaller you know, bodies are when you're getting blown off of Chautauqua Casa Daga is a nice, you know, alternative. Yeah. But it is yeah. small. It's, it's nice. It's really mm -hmm. nice. Plus you can see all the ghosts at Lilydale there or whatever it is. I don't know. Is it haunted? There's, yeah, there's it's like it's like a spiritualist community or something like that. It's like oh. the lake kind of like surrounds it on one and a half side, something like that. It's, Where is that? It's right on Casadega. Oh, okay. It's Lilydale. I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a spiritualist's uh why are you always bringing creepy stuff up on this podcast? I like it. You just ruined that lake for me. I'm never going back there. I don't know why you guys don't know this stuff. Like, if you're on the upper lake in Casadega, you can, like, look into the... The uh, the inner sanctum? Yeah. You can see all the black cats running around. Yeah. Broomsticks leaned against every tree. The ghost of Casadega's past. Yeah. Dana and I fished that lake trying to get out of the wind. Actually, Katia, that was like probably, that's one of those things like, I don't know that we talk about a whole lot. Like, how do you find new bodies of water? Sometimes it's just out of like necessity of having to get off. Desperation. Yeah, exactly. Refusing to admit defeat and just needing to find safety. <laughs> that's what the first time I went there, we trolled for like eight or 10 hours on uh, Chautauqua, like started at six and we're just beat down and demoralized and we're like you know what let's go try this other lake yeah, yeah. and we saw fish immediately it was it's great yeah chautauqua can do that to you oh yeah you gotta break it down it's you know it's a pretty big lake but they put quite a few fish in there there's for chautauqua they're doing thirteen thousand every year so i've been um trying to look at different avenues for that i don't I mean to just jump topics oh, but with um muskie zinc you know there's a few ways to go about participating in the stocking programs and because you guys just did uh like enhanced structure there right yep with the crib project so you know trying to part of muskie zinc is um you know the the fisheries you want to make sure your water sources are healthy, support the abatement of, you know, water pollution and things like that. So removing the structure and the weeds and the herbicides has, you know, different effects on the water. So one is the health of the fish, the um, having, you know, the habitats and places for them to go and the cribs assist with that so they're all natural you know they're made of poplar and they're constructed to, to last up to 50 years and um they're man-made and you know they just help with the sh with the structure that's been removed with the oxygen depletion from the the weeds being removed and you know they they help with um with really it's it's not about the muskies it's about the entire lake's health um a lot you know they are good for the spawning habitats for the panfish. They grow algae, which helps with, you know, the oxygen levels and and different things like that. So, you know, I it never just, realized it, how it support organic natural growth and things like that. Oh yeah. 
I never realized how much of a operation there is there for like the weed cutters and like yeah, how much they thing. do to it's crazy. It's a whole separate yeah. thing that's involves something like a homeowners association. The people that live on the water there are a lot of them paying privately to have this done. So there's a couple entities that come into trying to, I don't know, control the, the weed removal and things like that. It's not really that people easy, especially when you don't live there. What's that? People can, pri people can privately um, I believe remove so. weeds? I believe so because there, there's a group that have like, like I said, it's some kind of like homeowners association, but it's on the lake. It's it's for the lake, for the lake property, not for your yeah, home, but for your like a, spot. Like a nonprofit group or something like that. Yeah. You know, so a lot of these people that own homes don't want the weeds on the end of their dock. They, you know, they don't want to swim or touch the weeds or they don't fish. They don't understand removing things. So this is the first time anything like this has ever happened in New York State. They've never added any kind of structure to a natural lake. Oh, wow. So that's, yeah, so that's a really big project, and the DC um, is really supportive of it. You know, there's a lot that went into it, getting the permits, um, working with the Army Engineer Corp, and and stuff like that, marking the GPS, which you know we were really careful to do that and upload those onto the new maps and things like that. So that's we'll have cool. um, three different sites. This was our first one. We just you know we wanted to get the ball rolling. Everything was put on pause during COVID and things got kicked back, but it was nice to um, to get the project going. So we'll have two more sites in the future. We're talking about possibly doing it in the fall. We might wait to next year. This last batch was built by the Amish, the local in the Chautauqua community, which was really great. We got to go see their wood, you know, their wood shop and their sawmills and them building them actually. And so we were, you know, pretty hands-on. So if we feel like maybe we want to do more ourselves in the next project, if we can have, you know, enough volunteers, I feel like we could actually build these ourselves, which would save a little bit of money as well. Yeah. That's and then right. do you have to notify, do you have to notify the state or the DEP, whoever, like where exactly you guys put them? Like you said, did you do the GPS? Yeah. Like, so yeah, you're in so charge of locating them? We worked with the Chautauqua Lake Association. They let us use their barge. They actually had like um, like the belt. So it, I, I can't think of what it is, but it moved for you. So it helped drop them. Okay. And so while we were doing that, we had four or five guys on like, what was it? Like a like conveyor remember. belt. Conveyor, yeah. <laughs> so the conveyor belt and it helped to drop them properly. And then we had boats on the outside in the beginning and the end of it which we double marked them so we could double check our work. So you pin it, you mark it. And I, and I actually printed it up and sent it to the DC and they'll get it in the system as soon as they can. But they actually weren't even able to make it that day, which they entrusted us to do it. And I think we did a good job. Um, we tried to line them in a straight row, you know, let people know exactly where they are. We posted it on our club page, but again, we didn't want it to be, we know there's trollers and different fishermen that don't really even know about the cribs. And that's tough. Um, the day we put them in, the water was crystal clear, which was really awesome because we got to see them go all the way to the bottom. They were put into Bemis Bay, which isn't incredibly deep. So I think that 
they went into about 15 feet of water, 10 to 15 feet of water um, with their four foot tall. So you have a 10 foot clearance over the top of them. Yeah. And, you know, we just, we put them where it was affected most, where the weeds were removed the most and the structure was taken away. The oxygen levels were taken away. You know, working with the DC now, I talked to James at the Chautauqua hatchery and he was telling me about the nets that they put in and the, you know, I don't want to say too much, I guess, but maybe the lack of certain years that they're getting in the nets or fish in general in certain areas where the weed structure has been taken away. So this will help those fish move back and it'll help all the fish in the life of the entire lake. This is a, I mean, this is a big deal, Katia. Like this is the, this is the type of thing that we talk about, like as fishermen being a part of, I don't want to say conservation, but it is part of that. But like taking care of the resource, like how many times have you heard musky fishermen say that? Like we are so, worried about the resource and protecting the resource, but like this yeah. goes above and beyond. Like this is something that, you know, like quite frankly, like I think for myself, like I would have loved to be involved or I would love to be able to do some of this work. Like that's hats off to you for, you know, working through all of these bits and pieces to get this stuff done. Because I mean, like you, you've said countless times already, like that's for the lake, for every species to live in that lake. Like that's the overall health of the lake. So Man, that's just listening yeah, to you talk about this. This is like a huge deal. And I, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape that you got to go through to get stuff like this done. And to, right. to, to, to actually get yeah. that done is very impressive. And I far from did it by myself. There were, you know, many club members that were huge participants. Um, Clint Nicholson was par- more active part of the club in the years past, and he really got the ball rolling on the permits and, and you know, different people being local, finding that, you know, the Amish and things like that. There's so many things that go into just making it a successful project and getting it wrapped up. So I cracked the whip. Yeah, I did. But (laughs) there were so many guys working their butt off to make this work. But yeah, I'm definitely happy to be part of it and, um, you know, continue with the other two sites, which I think will be really great as well. So Nick and I, when we were out fishing this morning, we were talking about Chautauqua and weeds out there. And I've never fished Chautauqua in any significant fashion. But, you know, Nick was saying that kind of that the the weed structure at Chautauqua seems the the types of weeds seem to be different than than what we're used to fishing here in Western PA. What kind of weeds are we talking about? Like, do you know, the like the. Yeah. So like invasive species type thing? I don't know. Like what is, yeah, like what is, what is the weed, the normal typical weed structure at Chautauqua? And is it good musky weeds? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are they healthy? I don't know that I, I know exactly the answer to that question. I mean, weeds in general are good for the fish's life. That's where they, you know, that's why you fish the weeds. The weeds clearly bring oxygen to the waters. Once you start removing the weeds, there's issues because of the you start getting that algae, that film, that that lack of oxygen, and, and different things. Um, I I think weeds are are the weeds prior to the herbicide and the different things that have been happening. Which there's other runoffs as well, such as from the farmers, from people's yards. 
you know, just um, from the boats, from all sorts of toxins, you know. But well, the weed, a healthy weed in general is good for muskies, absolutely. Oh, yeah. What we were talking about earlier, Owen, I look, I just looked it up. It is, I think it's Let's see. pretty sure. It's... I think it's curly leaf pond weed. Yeah. There's a bunch of in Chautauqua that you don't really see in our PA lakes. Oh, okay. And then you, get, didn't you still that. get the cabbage. Yeah. I was to say, there's definitely cabbage, which yeah. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, we definitely don't have that in any of our reservoirs, at least not that I know of. You have tons uh, of cribs. You, oh, you know we got that. that. Yeah, <laughs> we got plenty of those. No shortage of cribs. Stumps. Lots of tree stumps. <laughs> they grow like weeds. Yeah. The cribs or the stumps? <laughs> the cribs. Well, the stumps too, depending on where you're at. So can we, I want to take a step back here. Cause like we can get back into this discussion of weeds too, but like just kind of going back to Katia, like you being president of chapter 69, like what, can we talk a little bit about like how you got involved in that? Like what, I guess, what kind of drove you to get invested in the club like that? And I'm just kind of curious, like, you know, help us understand that part of it. So muskies inc national and for the entire nation there's um i think there's like 50 some chapters privately in each state you know it's a it's a, one of the biggest communities in fishing that the muskies inc is so there's like five six thousand members nationwide and i started registering my fish because when you participate and you tell them what you're catching they, it helps them know where to point their their money and their efforts and things like that. So I guess maybe when I, like I said, after my surgery and I started fishing and I started catching like quite a few fish, I wanted to register them. So I started registering my fish and I, I, I went to a few meetings um, there, it, where they have the meetings is pretty local to me. And I was just kind of always part of it in the background, but I wasn't really, speaking speaking out loud or have I didn't like really have a voice I just kind of sat back and observed and and at some point I just felt like I started to acquire knowledge and enough um you know I'm not sure like just experience to voice my opinion and and to try to be part of things to try to help and I just I, I like being part of it all like I said I just jumped right in it kind of sucked me in but the club, um, it kind you know, it goes through phases sometimes. You don't always have a strong club. And the club was in a place where I felt like it needed somebody that wanted, that was passionate about it. And I'm passionate about all the aspects. I'm passionate about the fishing, about the club, about the fishermen. I, I feel like, you know, I can relate to the bait makers, to other women, things like that. And I just... I don't know. It just sucked me in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So at that some point there cool. was a change of, of, you know, positions and there was an opening and I volunteered and everybody seemed to be on board and they voted and here I am. So I'm just doing my best. But so far, I think, you know, when I was fishing, registering my fish, the club wasn't really very active with, um, banquets and again it was during COVID it was just a rough time nobody was really coming together 
I was the only person in my entire chapter that registered a fish for that entire year. And I just really wanted to bring it back to life. And I feel like we've done that. We, we kicked it off. My first meeting, we had Rich Clark from the St. Lawrence River. And that was a really big meeting and an awesome experience for a lot of people to hear him speak that, you know, he did, it was actually his first seminar he ever did. So that was really cool to have him speak at my first meeting. And, awesome. and then I kind of reached out to Charlie at the New York Muskie Expo last year. I'm like, Charlie, how do you feel about doing the chapter challenge? And, you know, he took it to the club for a vote and everybody was on board and it just worked out so awesome. And I'm so glad we, we did that because I really, I look to chapter 16 for a lot. Joel and Charlie, they're, they're smart. They, I love the way they, they run the club. The Pennsylvania fisheries in general are just so welcoming. And I love fishing in Pennsylvania. They want you to fish there. There's so many launches everywhere, you know, the, the, the fishing's good. And, you know, I just, I have a lot of really good people that are helping me along this journey now. So it's making it kind of easy to, to want to do more and make moves. So let's talk a little bit about the chapter challenge because that was just what last weekend. Yeah. Last week is the weekend two, before. Yeah. Two weekends ago. Two weekends, yeah. two weekends ago. What a great um, turnout! Tell, it was awesome. Yeah, tell us about it. How many? How many people showed up, and and what what all what all went on? So we had two uh, launches that we went to. Ryan, were you at Lakewood? We Donnie and I were at Lakewood. Yes. Yeah, you both were. So I guess it didn't rain for you. We did signups from 6 to 6 45 a.m and it rained cats and dogs for just that 40 minutes we were signing people up and then it stopped and it was absolutely beautiful the rest of the day but we you know so many people came in it was 117 anglers um a lot of pa guys you guys really came out so the hard work paid off um yeah we had 117 anglers and there were 30 some fish caught that that I was, you know, people reported at least. And uh, it was great, you know, surprisingly, all three spots and big fish were won by casters, which I was kind of surprised that happened. I guess it just wasn't the trolling bite. So. I gotta say this, okay. So this, this whole idea of a chapter challenge, right? Like. Pretty genius, right? It's, it, it is, I think that's super fun because. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, and like some guys probably aren't as aggressive as, as some others when you talk about like being in, involved in the club, but like, dude, I wear that 16, I wear that chapter 16, like a badge, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're going to, you're going to tell me we're going to do a chapter challenge like that fire that fires me up. Like I'm ready to go. Let's go. And I, I just think just to have like a friendly competition, you know, where it's, it's not necessarily like overly aggressive, but it's like cool to have that that almost like that, that camaraderie, but it's like us versus them thing. It's like yeah. sibling, like sibling rivalry. Exactly, almost. dude. That's yeah. the best way to put it. Like that's, that is super cool. You're still so. competitive, but it's all in fun. Yeah, right. but definitely. Shout out chapter 16's very own George McGrady for yeah. bringing home the, the chip. Oh uh, man, he brought it, didn't there. he? Yeah, he did. He always does. He always does. George can fish, man. George, can, that man can fish. Yeah, he definitely did. He fished his heart out and he deserved to win. We had, yeah, we had 117 anglers and we had some good payouts this year too. 
So that was pretty awesome. Everybody made good money fishing. And what's better than making money fishing? Usually we're just dumping a ton of money into it, right? That's what there's an impressive raffle table at the end too. And yeah. yeah. That was awesome. That was our third leg of our fundraiser. We raised a few thousand dollars, few a few thousand dollars on our fundraisers. We did very well. So the club is sitting with the most money they've ever had in their bank account, which gives me a little bit of security to work with some stuff here. That's awesome. Yeah, very nice. Pretty neat. Because you guys did some raffles ahead of time too uh, on Facebook. Two online ones, but you know it's hard. Not everybody's on Facebook. Not yeah. You know, and the best way to do that, I'm not sure. You just have to take different avenues and do them, but. The online definitely is a big draw. So we did very well there. And then the raffle table was great too. We did really great on the raffle table, but we had some amazing baits. You know, we had 20 some high-end donator bait makers, The you know, literally the best of the best. Everyone was on there. It was great. So I'm probably happy to show... get their hands on those lures. So I'm probably going to show my age here, but I, a raffle table to me is so much cooler than a Facebook raffle. I don't like, yeah, like being able to go to that afterwards and like hang out with everybody and walk up and hand the dude some cash and look at the baits on the table. Start eyeballing. Oh, I hope I get that one. Or someone took that. What am I going to pick next? And then you're watching who get, who's, whose number gets, yeah. And what bait they're getting. Yeah. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Whatever. Some of the guys could name, you know, what everybody has. People just remember. I know where that bait went. <laughs> that's a that's always one of my favorite parts. Of even just going to our like regular meetings, we usually have like two or you know three, maybe four baits that they do like a little quick little bait raffle at the meeting and give yeah, those we, away. We had fishing. We had trolling rods. Chaos donated a rod. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We had of lots of great stuff for sure. We need to talk about the food too here. You guys know that's like one of my only reasons to go fish so I can eat all day. <laughs> Zach oh, was behind the grill. Is Zach behind the grill there for a little while? Slinging Yeah, wieners. I guess he burnt the burgers and someone else took over, but he tried. <laughs> I can tell you I was on the first round of burgers and those were not burnt. Uh, credit Good. where credit's due. Zach made a hell of a burger. Good. I, had, I thought the I food was double. great. And food makes cool. the party. You have to, you got to feed the masses. Food makes us all happy. You couldn't be too that it, like the after party was at the the musky uh, bait shop too. Chautauqua at, uh, Real yeah. Outdoors. Yeah. It's a great place to have it. Mike Sperry's one of our sponsors as well. And you can buy just about anything you're looking for in there too. So he's got a great selection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably one of the better, better shops around. Oh, absolutely. I like perfect. We've been doing mice. our weigh-ins there for quite some years, and it's our that's our place to go. Mike's a good person. Yeah, he hooks us up. So uh, you can occasionally even find bakers there. Occasionally, yeah, he had some there for a few days. I'm not sure how long they what? lasted. <laughs> he brought them in on. Oh, he brought some the day of the showdown. He hung them right up in the shop. I guess he didn't really make a big, big stink about it, but. I yeah, almost I probably bought them all. I thought about it, and then uh, I was like, ah, better not. If if they're still there next time, 
It might not be safe. <laughs> I didn't even know they were in. I didn't even go in. Now I feel bad. I should have went in. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Always got to walk through. Check out the walls. He's know, always it's... got different stuff in there. Yep. And he's been. He's had a bunch of like consignment baits lately. It's been been a bunch of Ladianos in there. Really? Can't oh, yeah. see how big my eyes are right now. You gotta get huh. in there. You'd think Nick would have said this to us before he put it on the podcast and gave I know, us a chance to go check this out. <laughs> you were all standing there. We could have went in. I, yeah, I, I didn't go in either. I was too, <laughs> I was waiting in line for those burgers. I, was, I know. I was trying I had to get one thing on my mind. You always make a pass. Always. So just to kind of cap that one off, you know, we gotta we gotta brag a little bit. I'm sorry, Katia. But no, nope, that's okay. You deserve that. You guys brought you guys put together this this beautiful championship belt. Oh, it was so awesome. <laughs> and how how was it parting? With said it championship, hurt, Ryan, <laughs> and it hurts to discuss it right now. And the whole time I've been waiting for you to like pull it up and show me or something. Like, oh, oh no, it was beautiful. And I and I told Zach, I go, I want this belt, and he kept saying, Well, I'm not going to lose on purpose. And I'm like, Well, I know that, but I just like, it. but you know, it is what it is. You guys did well. So I just had to poke a little fun there. Chapter sixteen, the the reigning 2023 Chautauqua Absolutely. Showdown champions. Well, we're coming hard next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's, we're we're gonna be waiting. We'll I know waiting it'll be you. fun. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, this will be great, and hopefully next year is just a little bit bigger. And but everything ran smooth. You yeah. know, I think it went really well, and it was definitely was... a lot of fun. And looking back at the pictures, I mean, everybody was cheesing. Everyone was smiling and having fun, and some fish were caught, and it was really a great day. Yeah. Swinky and I got two fish. I haven't stopped yeah, smiling. I know. I know you guys. You guys got some good fish. So we only have a couple left this year. We have um, one more chapter challenge we'll do with seventy, and then we have a casters only tournament on in October on Chautauqua as well. Now, is where's the chapter seventy one? We'll do be? that on Juanita. It's okay. always it always hurts so much to say it. <laughs> we don't usually for years we didn't mention it, but you know it's just if you fish, you fish. There's only so many musky lakes, and and we all know where they are. And and it that's is what that is, one's like just far enough for at least for me to keep you PA guys yeah. off of it. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, if you're on the other side of PA, it's not really that far because we've yeah. jumped over when when the fishing was either if the water was warm or something like that, and we've drove to different waterways to fish for you know other fish and crossing the PA border. It's just right down the road. It's not far yeah. at all. And there's there's a fair number of uh, reservoirs right along that PA New York line, just in the PA too, that have muskies that. Uh, they always intrigue me but i've never again yeah. it's just such a it's kind of neat like the allegheny river we stock it and pa stocks it right yeah. so i think they do over a thousand just in the um cataragas county area of the yeah. allegheny river yeah i think it gets stocked in pa before it leaves and then after in the reservoir after it comes back too so you'd, think, it, you'd think that'd be easier to catch there yeah, it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, river fishing's never been easy fishing for me. 
you work for that. I'm, I've taken many trips with no fish on the rivers. Our river rat specialists would probably agree with you on that one. Yeah. If, it's so a different I, experience. I if you're talking about me, I'm not really sure uh, if I'm considered a specialist, but yes, I agree. You're you special, do a lot of river fishing. You are special to us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've probably lives fished in the, the lakes the a little more in recent years just because of, uh, you know, I don't know, multiple factors. I've been trolling a little more with my dad and stuff, but I grew up right on the Ohio River, like less than five minutes from my house. I still live very close to it, and I've fished the rivers the majority of my life, whether for muskies or whatever it might have been. So, can you troll through there, or is uh, where I you mean, fish on the river, or is it more mostly casting? I mean, you can troll. Uh, the Ohio is a large river, but uh, I've had far more success over the years casting sure. than I have trolling. Uh, sure, but I have caught some fish trolling too. But uh, yeah, that's part of why I've been fishing the lakes more. You know in recent years because i have been trolling a little bit more as i start to age and <laughs> i do a little uh i have a little more success trolling on the lakes than i do on the river but as that yeah. beard gets grayer yeah well i and can I relate i can't cast for 12 hours a day so that's it has a lot to do with when we'll switch up to you know trolling and i can participate for a lot longer you know I can only do what I can do and casting huge baits for 10 hours, multiple days in a row is it takes a toll on you. I don't want to break myself. I want to continue to be able to fish. It's nice to sit back and have some snacks and watch. the. Yeah. But I mean, running a full spread trolling is a lot of work. You oh, know, yeah. it's not like you're really, you, you do get a little downtime, but some days you don't, some days you're just like, it's insane. And when you get a fish, you're not just reeling one. You have to re reel in all your odds. <laughs> you have to bring, you know, it's that short moment of chaos, but it's worth it. But yeah, See, when you're running a spread and you're working it, you're doubt, you know, it's not, it takes, you have to know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> See, I'm happy you said that for all the, the, the haters, the trolling exactly. haters out there. Like, it takes a little bit of talent. And if you can't hack it, you can't hack it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I, I was so, I was, we were not on musky waters this past week. But I had to, I, I made my wife troll without any of our trolling gear, but it was just like walleye harnesses out of the back of the boat. Like I, I had to get my trolling fix in at some point. You'll get a record on your walleye gear, right? Yeah. That's what always happens. Right. The walleye guys always grab the big ones. Yeah, I should probably try that more. That's yeah, right. So what else we got here? Because you... So you're you're doing the club thing. You're president of Chapter 69. You're doing all that stuff. You guys got a lot yeah. of projects going on. So I guess maybe our next project would be, you know, fo staying focused on the fisheries. We'll always have a few tournaments every year, but the main goal is is your youth, promote, you know, keeping your youth involved in your fisheries. So I have a couple things I've been working on as far as the stocking. Um, that'll be more in 24 that – Hopefully we can get some movement. Uh, we applied to Albany to buy minnows. You know, we wanted to 
just buy 500 pounds of minnows to feed the muskies. So these muskies are being fed more. They're being kept a little bit longer. They're being released bigger, um, things like that. So Albany action actually denied us for this year to participate in that. So they go through at Chautauqua Hatchery and they apply to multiple states for these uh, minnows. And, you know, you'll get a certain amount from maybe like Wisconsin or maybe, you know, somewhere else. And we just, we didn't get in on that, but there's other ways to go about that. So some of the things I've been looking into is um, something called like friends of, and I think this is something that in the industry that people have been part of in the past, I think other people have raised money going this route. Um, it's basically a professor out of Syracuse. It's um, a doc, Dr. John Farrell, and he raises these fish for, for New York stocking. So you can raise money and donate to him and he'll help you get more fish. So there's, you know, something called national heritage where you also, you get vetted, your club will be vetted as long as you're in good standing with the DC and everything like that. You have the option to pick where your fish go. So we could raise this money and they could go specifically towards the minnows for the Chautauqua hatchery, but it's an outside source. So there's multiple ways to go about helping the fisheries. It's just a, a matter of going through red tape and and getting through that. But definitely the focus mm -hmm. is is to keep the numbers up to to make sure the the health of them is good, that they're being released at a good size, as big as possible, right? The more yeah. minnows you can feed them, the fatter they are and the healthier, Impressed. more survival rate they have. And Impressed with your dedication to wade through the red tape. I don't know. I mean, I... Yeah. yeah. That's... Some might call me pushy. Sometimes it helps. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where you got to have, you got to have that person right. type to be in that position. Because I mean, some yeah. of us, like we would do, we'd fail. Like if I had to do that, I'd probably fail. Cause I would just be like, yeah, whatever. Cool, bro. That's fine. Yeah. They said, no. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you um, guys so we have a meeting coming up. I'm just trying to, you know, get, our club participation has skyrocketed. I'm really happy about that. Um, everybody seems happy to to have you know the club back, so to speak, to have people back together. Um, we have a meeting July 12th. We need to just you know get more structure, plan a banquet, celebrate ourselves and our hard work and what we do and we all have in common and what we love and things like that. Just make sure we have more meetings and and keep everybody informed and. The more participation, the more we can do and and stuff like that. So I'd like to get at some point a youth event going, which again, I look to PA chapter for that. You guys have a great youth program and taking the kids out. And so just little things like that. I'd like to emulate off of, you, you know, 16. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, that's an event that's, that's been done really well for chapter 16. Ryan and Donnie both fished in that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that went well. So you just take out, do they pre-sign up or do they come that day? And you guys are, how many kids on each boat? How does that work? So if I, 
I wasn't, I know Swinky, he's, he stepped away for a minute, looks like, but I know he helped with like pre-registration. And I think basically the way we were doing it, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong after this, but you have pre-registration for the kids, but then you also have like the volunteers who, who want to make themselves available can do that ahead of time. And I think, and Swinky, we're talking about the kids outing, like how they do pre-registration. Maybe you have some more insight on this, but the kids pre-register, correct? Yeah. Volunteers like pre-register, basically you just volunteer. And then somebody works through that process to match everybody, you know, make sure every kid has a boat. Okay. Yeah. We, we, the last couple of years, I mean, we've had a pretty good amount of interest from, you know, club members that want to take the kids out. So that hasn't been, a big issue because like that was what I was most nervous about when Joel told me to like eh, just like put it on Facebook and let it ride. And I'm like, well, what if we get like a hundred kids that want to go and we don't have the boats or whatever? But it really, you know, it it seemed to just kind of work out the last few years. You know, we had a a good number of people that were uh, willing to do it, and so we just throw the throw the invite out kind of leave it open and and as kids reach out then we you know a lot of people you know already have somebody in mind or you know a club member bringing bringing their child or or something like that but uh it's you know we haven't run into any issues it's just kind of worked where we've had plenty of volunteers one thing i will say about this that i thought was super cool is like when you volunteer, cause I was kind of like, I knew I wanted to do it, but I wasn't like one of the first ones, the volunteer type deal. I was probably a little later than I should have been, but like, I was on like a waiting list. Like we only had, at one point we had more boats than kids that registered. And I remember Joel called me and was like, Hey, you're up next. Like I have an opening. Are you still good to do this? So like at one point I was like four deep, you know, and then eventually like more kids registered and they had, you know, the boats moved up. So the way that kind of played out, it was almost like first come, first serve, like for the volunteers, if that makes sense. Like, it, you know, which I thought was super cool because you don't necessarily yeah. know who you're going to be, you know, teamed up with for the day. And then like Joel, like let us know like a week or a week and a half in advance, like, hey, this is who you have, make your arrangements. And at that point, it's on, you know, the volunteer to work with essentially, you know, the the family that's fishing with you to kind of schedule, Hey, meet, meet me at the, at this ramp at X time, you know, whatever. So that kind of worked out really nice. I think in my opinion, cause then, you know, you kind of know who you're fishing with and then you guys just make the arrangements and go have fun for the day. So you're taking the family, not just the youth, the fa- the parents come out as well. That's what I, I think the rule is you have to have at least one guardian with the kids. Okay. And I think, that's something you probably want to talk to Joel about to make, you know, make sure we're not, sure. but like yeah. it, it, to me, it makes sense. Cause you want to have their legal guardian with you, you know, at least with them, to accompany them, the liability aspect of it. So like my, you know, my duo, I got, you know, Rob Plocky and his son, Jace, which, you know, that that's awesome. You know, if you get more kids, if you have the space for it, it's cool too. But, you know, three on my boat worked perfect. So. I mean that just that scenario was, was and many cool. fish were caught during that event, correct? I think we had. 10, I, I remember seeing quite ten. I think there was nine or ten fish caught. That's it was a lot. Like, 
So you're teaching uh, these kids how to handle the fish or are they more standoffish and you're, where, where are they in the process of fishing? Are they? I think it's I mean, just the age. It could, yeah. It's full, just whatever. Full variety. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Very situational. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think but, every you know, boat can be different. Muskies Inc. is the first um, organized group to practice catch and release for muskies. So it's really important to teach people how to handle them, how delicate they can be, you know, how to release them properly, how to remove hooks, you know, just small things like that. It's, it's wonderful to teach them the proper ways, you know, rather than just coming upon a muskie. Ah, what do I do? Well, (laughs) yeah. I think it's it's tough to teach a seven year old that, you know, like well, again, yeah, depending our, on the age, right? Our situation, situation. You're still building disagree. confidence. You're building yeah. confidence for sure. Yeah. I would disagree, Ryan. I I think Katia's right though. Like you know, even like I just think back to when I was a kid. You know, you you would hear about muskies, but you never really had any exposure to them. And obviously, the internet and stuff there wasn't YouTube and all that crap like there is today either, but like just getting that exposure uh, and and seeing that whole process, I I just feel like, you know, let's use what is Jace, right? Jace, for example. I mean, even if that's the only time he is around a muskie until maybe 10 years from now, I feel like he's has, he's more experienced because of that, that day than if that had never happened you know he's not going to be necessary necessarily grabbing them with with the bogus holding them straight up and down flopping them into the middle of the boat kicking them around trying to stand on them to take the hooks mm-hmm. out you know that that whole thing <laughs> no i agree but it doesn't mean it's not hard <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? it's like, definitely hard it's i agree with you guys i'm not <laughs> saying that i'm just saying it's hard you know like when you've got a young kid on the boat for six hours it's hard enough to hold their attention for that long sure. let alone get yeah. in the net you know what i mean but that's why that's why you have the that's why you have the guardian too and you know in that scenario like again like super lucky that the dad actually fishes for muskies you know like that's also the other cool part about this outing, Katia, is like if you guys could get this going and you get people that never fish for muskies before, you sure. get them paired up, like that's super cool. You know, that's when I think that's a cool. lot of that 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 extra education helps too. But in 2020, Ryan, just to go on keeping a kid interested, in 2020, I took my nephew and my dad out to a lake in Ohio. Uh, we probably launched the boat. I would say around 9 a.m. We were going out to try and get my nephew Vito's first muskie. By 10.30, we had caught a muskie. Not a, he got his first muskie, caught a 31-incher. He caught another one at about 12.45, a 36-incher. And he was bored and ready to go home at 1.30. <laughs> That's with catching two fish. So, yeah. Imagine trying to keep it, you know, a child entertained that's not catching oh, slow anything. Day. Yeah. <laughs> but he was he, he was over it. He's like, all right, yeah, this is cool. Can we go get ice cream now? Yeah. How many people go out and act and cast with these kids, or is it mainly trolling? Oh man, that's a yeah. I think as far as I know, everybody's really trolling. Uh, because I'm, I'll just Nick and I watch this video. There's a it's a fish in Canada. 
Uh, it's on YouTube, Fish in Canada. One of the Fish in Canada um, hosts, his name is Angelo. And they did an episode where uh, Angelo's grandson, I want to say he was like 13 or 14, maybe 15, went out musky fishing with a guide up there named Pat Tryon. And it, it is worth watching just to see how frustrated Pat Tryon gets at this kid. Because he's just not paying attention. You know what I mean? Like, just little stuff. Like, you know, not doing a figure eight. And Pat Tryon is bitching at this kid, man. Like, it, but then at the very end, this kid catches a muskie. And it is, like, the most fun thing you'll watch. Because they are both screaming. They, like, outrun. They had to outrun a storm. And this kid catches one at the last second. And, man, it was just, like, it was everything you want in a in a kid a kid fishing show, you know, how frustrating it can be to fish with a kid, but also just the reward that comes with putting your mind to it and sticking through it. And it actually happening. It was really cool. I would recommend people watch that. I'll probably watch it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, I mean, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with for that youth outing because I, I know like another thing I'm trying to do is um just have people register their fish. So we have if you're a 69 member and you register your fish every month, each fish will be put into a drawing for a lure. So we'll draw that at our monthly meetings. And so June, whoever registered fish, every single fish you whoever was at Chautauqua 69 member caught a fish, register it. I throw you in, you win a lure. You know, good lures too. So it's worth that. Yeah. A little extra. I I enjoy registering my fish because for one, like I said, it helps with research and things like that. They like to know how many fish are being caught, how, what's the health of the lake. But also I won awards. I'm not going to lie. I won nationals two years in a row, first place. And really quick into the second year I advanced to masters because I it's a hundred fish for women so I hit that hundred fish mark pretty quick and you know I was in a calendar I was on the cover I got awards it's fun it makes you your work you see it's just like anything you put your heart and soul into you know I did good I like to to remember this and it's really neat to me I know when I was first starting out it was nice to just have that resource to see like what baits people are catching fish on. and Exactly. Lakes and- you get to say where you're catching them, you know, if, if how in depth you want to get, what was the, the sky like? And I really like that too. When you get those lists at the tournament, what, where was it suspended? Was it cloudy? What was the temperature of the water and things like that? That's pretty awesome to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, so- I got a question. This is a sidebar because I put this together for Joel. Do you guys need any instructions on how to register your fish? Because I have them. I just made a document. I do. You should share that. I'll share it with you. I'll send you an email. Now, are you also able to register as a non-member? Can you still register a fish even if you're not a Muskie Zinc member? I do not believe so because you have to have you have to sign into your membership account. Right. Right. So I, I would assume you would need to be a member. So. So how, how do we do that, Ryan? How do we register our fish? I got a document for you. I'll send it to you. I got, oh, you're I'll, gonna send it to me. I'll send it to you. 
I'm not going to read it verbatim oh, okay. right now. <laughs> I just thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Because you got people that, you know, may or may not. I mean, it's pretty easy for us. Like uh, those of us that are registered fish, it's not bad. The process. Once you've done it once, it's easy, right? Yeah. But if you're not good on a computer, like you got guys that are in the club that, you know, they don't, they don't spend the amount of time I do on a computer every week. Yeah. You know, it's just different. So, yeah, I'll send them over. You can let me know what you think of it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so what else do we got here? Because I know, like, I, I wanted to make sure we talked about, you know, Chapter 69 and what you guys have going on. You guys have been doing some fishing, right? Doing a little bit of fishing. Um, yeah, I've gotten some good fish. We have to split our time up now. We bought a big old salmon boat, so kind of doing some Lake Ontario time tomorrow. We're going to go out. We have a charter in the morning. I was going to um, say, you guys are doing chartering at least some now? Yeah. You know, we're just taking, we're just easing into it. Nothing too big. Friends and family maybe to start out taking a few charters here and there. Uh, one I'm excited about is in August. So like I mentioned, my first trip ever fishing for muskies with, was with Todd Young. So we're actually going to take Todd and his family out salmon fishing in August. So I'm that's really awesome. pumped about that. Yeah. Isn't oh, that so really cool? cool? Yeah. yeah how the, very, how very the cool. tables turn. Exactly. It's so cool. So hopefully we can put him on some big fish and get really his daughter cool. some fish and have a great day. So yeah. yeah, I'm really excited, but we're going out in the morning. So we usually get out there. You want it's if we're not staying on the boat, the boat's about 40 minutes away. So we have to leave here fairly early to be on the water about, you know, quarter after five, you want to kind of be ready to get out there. So we'll be up about 4am hitting the road. I know when I fish for them, like in the creeks, they seem like very, uh, like they bite right at dawn. Is that how it's like in the lake too? The bite. Sure. Better? Yeah, you get the the morning bite, and then you'll get another sunset bite. They okay. typically it, it'll turn off about you know early afternoon. You fish for steelhead or lakers, and you know different things okay. like that. So we have Still a nice. Um, the brownies are beautiful here. We have a nice spot for that, and so it, it breaks it up. You know, as long as we're out fishing for something. <laughs> That's awesome. How big of a boat? How big is the salmon boat? It's fairly big for me. So it's a totally different experience. Um, you know, I had to learn everything. It's nothing like the, the boat we drive musky. It's a 31 double decker tri uh, Silverton. So you drive from up top. It's kind of like two and a half stories, actually, because it has the full like um, kitchen and a bathroom on it. And then you go nice. outside, you have your deck, you have a ladder, you go up, you go up top and drive from the top. So I drive, I mean, I drive from up there and, uh, you know, Zach runs rods and it works. It's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. cool. Dual engine. So you're using your, um, whatchamacallit, you know, you're putting pushing your throttles yeah steering as opposed to the steering wheel barely works it's not really how you steer and that took some getting used to but and they don't teach you anything about driving these boats when you go get your captain's license you have to learn that on your own <laughs> you learn the danger that's sounds and things like that <laughs> <That's about laughs> <it>. <laughs> did you guys buy that pre-owned like or did you buy a new one 
it was pre-owned, but luckily it was, you know, it, it only had two previous owners. The first owner it had very, very low mileage on it. So the previous owner had it. The first owner lived on sodas. So it sat on sodas um, like and he put hardly no miles on it. They didn't do much of anything but kind of cruise around. And then the guy we bought it off of did some salmon fishing, but he took such good care of it. And and it was he actually added the top to it. He did. It's a hard top on top. He did. And he put all the downriggers and stuff on it. Brand new and great shape. So I had two previous owners, but really low mileage and good owners. That's awesome. And it came with a few waypoints too. So oh. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, always a, a bonus. whole different fish yeah. finder. So the Lawrence, you know, I'm not used to reading that. That was confusing. This boat has autopilot, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, it was funny the first time I used it and I went down and made a sandwich and everybody's like, who's driving the boat? <laughs> <laughs> like I looked, I looked, I'm just making some sandwiches here. It's feeding time. Let's be moonrise. I'm hungry. I'm picturing that what is his anchor man too when they're in the the RV and they're all in the back drinking. And he says he put it on cruise control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as long as it's not too wavy, we did have a trip. We took we had a couple of friends come out from St. Clair, and we took them out, and it was just one of those days you would have stayed home any other time, but they came so far, and you just wanted to you know get out there and. I battled some waves. Waves, honestly, they were five footers. The boat is big. It's hard to tell how big the waves are when you're up that high. You're looking yeah. down, and the boat handles them well. And you're just like, "How big are these waves?" <laughs> and not nothing you'd want to be out in in the Triumph for sure. But we did good. We got a few fish. It was early season, so. But tomorrow, I'm hoping we'll get some big ones. That'll be fun. It'll yeah. be our our really first time out. Um, since they moved in because they start farther I guess west like they, they'll they come into Olcott okay. area first and then they'll move this way which is where we were last year but we moved our dock so okay very cool they yeah. are fun to fight it's unbelievable it's it's crazy they are relentless and then as soon as you think you finally have them zzz, there they go <laughs> and they take off on you again so it's, I Zach and I have passed the rod back numerous times. He'll reel for a while. He'll hand it to me and I'll reel for a while. I'm like, you got to take it back again. <laughs> you know, it's still not here, but it's thrilling. It's a oh, good, yeah. They're good. I want to awesome. go back to this Katia feeding window like a musky. Oh thing. my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. <I> think so. <laughs> so the missus story has it that I'm very sensitive to moon times. <laughs> and when I start feeding, quote unquote, Zach checks the lines. We check the lines, make sure everything's clear because the fish are about to bite. So it depends how, <laughs> if I, you know, snacking, not so much, but when I get into that whole, like, all right, I'm ready to eat. <laughs> he swears the fish bite and they do. I can't tell you how many times the fish have hit when I had a mouthful of food. So it's true. It's a good system. That yeah. is good. Great. That's better feel, than the, the fish alert. I feel the pull of the tide That's and great. the moon, I suppose. That's awesome. But yeah, you definitely do a lot of eating when you're on the boat. At least I do. And oh yeah. 
I mean, we we just we pack. We we cook up chicken and and I make macaroni stuff. <laughs> like I go crazy. It's whatever chips and crackers and cheese and whatever. Just as long as you can eat, it helps pass the time. This sounds like the time, the right time for me to ask. What is the what is Katia's boat snack of choice? What is the favorite boat snack? Sounds like it's a full meal. I know. I know. That's what it is. It is a full mm. meal. I don't really know. Um, what do we eat? We eat a lot of subs on the boat. Um, I don't know. Like I said, we just kind of, I pack a cooler full of everything and and we just pick at it. Lots of drinks, lots of food, and we don't go without out there. If we don't, if it's a spur of the moment trip, we still usually stop and get some snacks and stuff like that. But Zach likes his candy. I don't eat much candy. Hmm. Yeah, Ryan's a big candy guy. Yeah. Gotta have this, gotta, well. Swedish fish and sour worms. And that's all that's that. right. Yeah. We go back to the showdown. Somebody left their, uh, somebody left their sour gummies in the truck. Wasn't me. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you that, but it all melted. But you know what? I got to eat those sour gummies yesterday in Ohio because <laughs> there you go. And I ate Ryan's sour gummies last week at Chautauqua, so it was win-win for me. I had some sour watermelons. <laughs> it worked out well. Saved the day again on the sour gummies. But yes, that was a bummer. When you stop and get your bag full of snacks for the day at Sheets on the way, and you're nice and prepared and then you get out there and realize that they're still in the truck you know i guess i eat a lot of peanut butter and jellies that's Boom. probably my my go-to i always have that the <laughs> we have that in common yeah. yeah i agree i get the uncrustables though because i'm lazy <laughs> really yeah yeah uh, i make them myself for sure make them right on the boat and homemade I'm so lazy. Dee's like, I got your Uncrustables. I know you're going fishing tomorrow. <laughs> and yeah. your Capri Sun. Here's yeah. your Capri Sun and your Uncrustables. Yeah. That's it. 100% in my sour gummies. <laughs> There's at least one more thing we want to talk about here. And we, now we know you have to get up super early for a charter. I want to get into some of this real quick. Um, so a couple years ago... Well, Wait, hold on. Before we get, I did have one question. Because, uh, all right, on the salmon stuff, where are you actually like going out of? Like, you know, like if I booked a trip to go salmon fishing with Katia and Zach, where yeah. am I going? I know Lake Ontario, but that's yeah, all I so got. So we're at uh, Point Breeze, we're at Oak Orchard. It's kind of centrally located there. Olcott's where we were last year which is like i said a little west of there um so it's called ernst marina point breeze okay yeah so it's about 40 minutes um from our house but you jump on the the expressway and you literally take the lake the entire way there so you're just riding along lake ontario like right right on shore the entire drive so it's a really pretty drive um, and you know, you go out to the marina and where we were last year, you could see Toronto from, from the water. We were out there pretty far some nights. It's the most beautiful sunsets you've ever seen. It's gorgeous out there. 
the radio's sketchy, but a lot of times we only get Canadian radio. We listen to a lot of classical music on the on the yacht, yacht rock and stuff like that because the stations are sketchy. But yeah, we go right That's, out. It's of closer than orchard. I thought. I'm actually, I'm looking yeah, at it now. That's what I was trying to see. How far is that from you? From my house, it is four hours and eighteen minutes. It says it's a little 258 bit of a hike. miles. I might be closer than you, because you're a little further south, aren't you? We'd love to have the hunks on board. More west. You're I'm 100% in for that. Yeah. So I that's probably why. You probably are a little bit closer. I want to do the salmon thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I would, you guys I would need do to that come Now, how many can your boat accommodate? Uh, so the license is technically for six people. So you get your six pack We're good. and, and we can also give you our rods as well. So we're allowed to run our own rods. So depending, you know, how many people we have, we could always have a couple extra. If it's just a couple of you, but so we could easily our, do, four, we could easily do four guys plus ourselves. Are, um, are most people taking fish home? Like what's, what's the, the, the creel limit? Oh yeah. So the lake is stocked. Like it's total sport fishing. Um, the goal is to take meat home with you. So that's one of the benefits of doing this is you're walking away with meat. You're walking away yeah. with solid, healthy, good meat. Loins. Um, Loins. Yeah, absolutely. Loins. And the thing with salmon when you're bringing them up is, you know, sometimes, <laughs> especially when the water's cool and the weather's cooler, this isn't so much. But in the summer, they die on you coming up. They're, they're fighting so hard. And by the time they're done, you know, sometimes you can't just toss these fish back in anyway. So really you know, you strong. Them in the cooler. Yeah. <laughs> we had so much fish <laughs> the first year. We just got the boat in August last summer. And we had so much fish the first month we went out. We were free um, doing the power, the ceiling and all that and freezing it. And every single kid, like kid in the neighborhood, Colton's friends, you know, they're 14 years old, 12 years old. He's sending salmon home with all the kids. Go give this to your dad. They're walking around with frozen chunks of frozen salmon, bringing them home. We're giving it away to my family. And there's a lot of meat on those fish for sure. But you learn how to make salmon meatballs and salmon patties and salmon everything. This sounds amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. You're definitely, it's nice to have something to walk away with, but you know, people want the, people want to come out and get that meat and take it home. They're beautiful fish, you know, to boot. They're gorgeous. The, the browns are gorgeous. The steelhead are gorgeous. The salmon are huge. You have your Kings, your cohos. We caught a couple Atlantic last year. So right. pretty neat. Yeah. That's super cool. We're going to do this hunks thing. I'm in. That would be cool. I'm, I'm in on that and I'll be there. Half salmon slayer now, I guess. <laughs> I want to know more <laughs> about these salmon meatballs, dude. I'm hungry. <laughs> it's what, three fish per person, right? Uh, I believe I'd have yeah. to check. So there's a, it's less kings and depending, yeah, oh, okay. where you're at, the regulations, you have to check. Yeah. We have that all posted on the boat. Yeah friendly reminders yeah i've only ever done it at the creek mouths in the fall but that's a blast yeah we we've caught them in the river 
It's a different type of fish by the time they get into the river. I like the chrome, personally. <laughs> nice less, and silver. And... Less rotten looking. Yeah. <laughs> Before they're on their way out. So, um... I did have one small announcement that I wanted to mention before we forget. So this year I'll be co-hosting the New York Muskie Expo with Zach. Um, that'll be really cool. exciting. So, yeah, I don't know if we've actually put that out there that I'll be co-hosting with him. So um, last year we had really great attendance. Um, it was actually up 60%. So that being said, we are expanding and we're going to upgrade a little bit on our venue. Um, we've decided to move to the Chautauqua Harbor Hotel, which is on the far south end of Chautauqua. It's a beautiful resort. Um, will be very conducive to the show. The, the people that run it are fishermen. They live on the lake. They enjoy it. They have three other locations. One is on the um, St. Lawrence River in Thousand Islands, right in Clayton. They have, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to the Harbor Hotel there. So this is, this, you know, the same idea, but um, even newer. I think this might be the last of three that have been built. There's one in Watkins Glen, one in Clayton, and now in Chautauqua. So wow, we're moving like right on to... The water too. We're moving to the uh, Chautauqua Harbor Hotel, so it'll be the same um, weekend as we planned. It's the first weekend in February, February 3rd and 4th. Um, it's, I think, in between playoffs, something like that. So it's really a good weekend for everybody to make it. Um, oh, yeah. If, if the Steelers are in the playoffs, man. Yeah. yeah you're, but you're in trouble. Off, what was the date it's again? It's not a playoff weekend. There's no yeah. football this weekend. We checked. So. Good. Um, we'll, we'll do the block of rooms again. You know, you'll have your a nice variety of different rooms you can do at a discounted rate. And same same idea, you park your car, you don't have to leave the entire weekend. It's literally a luxury resort. You'll have a restaurant, you'll have space outside. The seminars will take place in more of a theater type seating, which will be really cool, big, comfortable conducive to lots of people and acoustics for your voice and we'll have a separate room we'll do the the lure swap and pizza and and all that and so yeah we're going to start signing people up here this month and nail all that down and we're really excited um to to switch locations and have this beautiful place so hopefully you guys can make That's it awesome. yeah very excited so that's yeah, we're gonna start start planning ahead. You know, see if the if the hunks will make the trip up there. Yeah. yeah. You said second and third or third and fourth. I didn't look at the calendar. It's uh, the first weekend in February. It's February third and fourth. Okay. So that's your first weekend there in February. Yeah. Ryan's booking his vacation already. I'm going to. I'm doing it this year. I don't care who comes with me. Who's coming Maybe with me? Maybe big old bucktails is coming. I hope. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd, I would talked certainly about like coming to. this year. Yeah, yeah, I would certainly like to. Absolutely. Um, and I think that weekend should be pretty good for me. I mean, that's February is normally pretty slow. I forget. Oh, I had a I had a homicide trial uh, last year. I, I had really? planned on coming, and uh, and I had a trial that was starting that Monday, and I was like, I cannot go to Chautauqua <laughs> and then have to try a murder case yeah they mourned themselves so i had to bail out which one against is a lawyer 
<laughs> I just thought allegedly. Is he? Owen, are you going to bring all thirty-seven kids with you? Yeah, they actually, dude, they loved it. They were disappointed we weren't able to go. They loved the trip, you know, because it was. It is such a. It's a fun atmosphere with everybody being there and you know having a bar restaurant in the in in the hotel where it's all one-stop shop we loved it the first year we had so much fun the kids did too awesome yep it'll be the same idea you know we'll have um alcohol available inside the show you'll have your restaurant open you know maybe we'll talk to them about getting some karaoke for the pa guys oh <laughs> actually That's i my think president. That in the contract right as long as we can have karaoke oh so. this is devastating i gotta book it now i'm gonna call it right now <laughs> We'll wait till we get our discounts set up for the rooms, but <laughs> like to request the soundproof room. Yeah. <laughs> you remember to tell Joel that. Oh yeah, definitely. Joel, Joel's gonna break his karaoke machine if they decline. So you that know one. I was a little bit part of that <laughs> that karaoke <laughs> fiasco. I, I was in the elevator. I was I did the oh, whole tour. Is... It was it was fun. They actually got me to sing Ice Ice Baby on the patio before we got officially shut down. Oh man, I did not know this. How did we not know this? The Humpty Dance and Ice Ice Baby. Those were my jams. <laughs> oh, this is so awesome. And then uh, wow. I remember Jessica, Evan's wife, coming down and she's like, were you singing the Humpty Dance? I can hear you. <laughs> like, yeah, that was me. I thought it was quiet. That's <laughs> that was a good time. We definitely missed out on that one. Oh. Yeah, you did. Joel almost had his microphone in his mugshot, right? Yeah, was that the pizza night? I don't remember. Oh no, not pizza. That's when we went to that (laughs) when we all wore our matching hoodies and went to the bar, wherever. Yeah, Thunder Buddies. Yeah, Yeah, there were like eight of us all sitting at a table. Everyone, everyone in Cannonsburg was like, "Who the hell are these clowns?" They're all wearing the same shirt. All matching, yeah. (laughs) I I'm not sure if you know this, but I'm pro staff. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, Katia is now too. She's got a big O's hoodie. She picked one up on the raft too. And it's a lucky one. I caught a fish in it immediately. That's what happens. Sure did. My new lucky sweatshirt for sure. Magic fabric. Maybe Katia will fish your baits. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Zach won't let her. Sure he will. I can I can sneak him sometimes. That would be a river thing, probably. I'd I'd throw him on the river. We don't really get into to trolling bucktails too much, but I know a lot of people do, and they have huge success. Yeah, Just, I've never I've never really done the trolling of the bucktails, but casting them for sure. I would love to do that. I'll keep well, you was- posted. We have a long yeah. summer still. Good, good. I was trying them yesterday, Owen, and I can tell you they work just as good as everything else. Yeah, that yep. means they, they got wet and they didn't do anything else. Exactly. <laughs> I casted yeah. a little bit. I casted some spinner baits a little bit at the lake, but I was we did not get to cast in that tournament. We did troll we did troll it though. 
I had a guy from Italy send me some rubber swimmers and he let me fish those. I was surprised. He was really open to to letting me do it. I haven't caught anything on them yet, but they, they have these huge pike in Italy, so they don't really have the musky strain. And his dream is to, to have a musky caught on his bait. So maybe someday I can help him with that, but that'd be cool. Hasn't happened yet. (laughs) International. Trying. (laughs) Yeah. Going to Italy. Very cool. Is that, uh, do you guys have any other big trips planned for this year? Uh, yeah, trying to go out to St. Clair here in a couple weeks, just kind of spur of the moment, but I think it's going to work out. Neither one of us have ever fished there. You know, I would love to go out. Experience when are you guys going? End of July, I think we're going to okay. try. We're aiming for, we probably won't take our boat. So we're going to be fishing with, um a friend out there and still be running some bakers i'm sure they're doing pretty good out there they've been hot on saint Clair, so i'm excited i just it'd be nice we have you know all the different looking fish you can just beautiful the the great lakes fish out there and i'd love to to get out there and experience that multiple fish hopefully yeah hopefully that'd be cool to it's a big trip but it'll be fun Pull out all the lucky lures to take with you. Yeah, I'll be pulling out yeah. everything. All we have so many. Wood. We have so many like superstitions about if the fish are going to bite, if we see deer, if we see turkeys, if the deer's in the water, if the cows in the water turn around and go home. If, like, <laughs> <laughs> if the cows are laying lucky. down. No, doesn't matter if they're laying down, but if they're in the water, it's too hot to fish. Go home. <laughs> okay. I have yeah, one. I heard that one. I have one that I stick with. It's uh, like you always stop at the gas station before you go fishing. Sure. If you find a penny in the parking lot, you're like guaranteed at least that one fish. Oh, I like that. There's a always penny, a penny by the penny gas per pump. fish. Yeah. <laughs> and it actually worked out today. I found a penny before I met Owen. We caught a fish. Oh, yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Holds true. Cool. No pennies on, just to go home. I'm on the whole cow land down thing. Yeah, but seeing deer in the morning usually correlates to actually catching a muskie. So I'm on that one too. Yeah, definitely. If they're out moving around, the fish are moving. Not superstitious, just a little stitious. Just yeah. a little. <laughs> it's like I it's like I wear like lucky socks or anything like that. Yeah, and then I did the whole debunking of the banana, but I guess some people say that's a saltwater thing. I've always just heard it to be a boat fishing in general. It took a while. I didn't realize, you know, many trips I had bananas stuffed in the bottom of the bag. And I'm like, oops, good thing we caught fish today. (laughs) So that was my myth busters. We don't do it on purpose, but we definitely have had a banana on there once or twice. And I don't believe in that one. I do it on purpose, too. And I can tell you, I've only ever had one person made me throw the banana off the boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you better eat that right now. No, I know. I caught one. I put the banana in my mouth. I'm like, yeah, these are good luck, I think. (laughs) That's girls for you, right? Yeah. What else do we have to talk about here? I don't know. I I wanted to kind of circle back a little bit and say, you got over a hundred muskies in a year, and how often? How often do you get that many? 
Um, I caught about 80, 81 the first year I registered them all. And then I hit 100 right off, right in the beginning of the next season. So I, if I remember right, we were in PA and we got quite a few fish. So I had to wait to the following year to register for it to turn into masters. But yeah, I hit my 100 fish mark in one season in a month into the next. So fairly quick. Wow. Yeah. And our season here was, it. they just changed it to June 1st, but it was the last weekend in May to the end of November. So in that amount of time, and then our first trip to PA, we went to Pomatuming and I got quite a few fish on that one trip that put me at the hundred mark right, right off the bat. Very cool. So yeah, I, I would say I've caught a couple hundred so far. Awesome. I'm still waiting for another PB. I've been stuck for a couple of years. I haven't haven't got that big over 50. I'm stuck at 50 and a half. Okay. It's not a bad number to be stuck at. No, that's it's a, not. That's a big it's one. Not. That's a but giant I freaking fish. I have a ton of 49.99s and 49 <laughs> three quarters. And it's like I could use a few more 50s or, you know. I had an, a nice one in Chautauqua I had mounted. Um, it was 49 plus it was a, it was an old fish. It's had a little bit of tail rot. It would have measured 50, but that was a very eventful day. That's a whole nother podcast. That whole day was like <laughs> crazy, but yeah, you know, we caught that big fish. We, I ended up getting a mount, which is really awesome. Um, and then like the next fish I caught and I had like gold nail polish on my fingers and my toes, Goldie, right? Sporting Goldie. And this fish had a bone sticking out of its mouth. And I just, this was early, like early. I didn't have that many fish under my belt, maybe like 13 fish or something like that. And the bone was sticking out and I slid my hand in and I thought I got a tooth or I didn't know. It just startled me. I, so I went from being overly confident to kind of stepping back and really like assessing how dangerous these fish can be and how many teeth are actually in their mouth. And so that made me nervous. And then the next fish I caught that day, like their eyes moved. And I guess I never realized their eyes moved because I'm looking at this fish and it looks up at me and it just really spooked me. And all of a sudden I got really nervous and, and I'm like, take the fish, take the fish. You know, I kept saying, take this fish. And he's like, no, no, he's like, you need to spend time with this fish and get over this fear before it like paralyzes you. He's like, take the fish. All of a sudden I went from being overly confident to really being humble. Oh he's no. coming back on there. Okay. I have no idea like... what happened there. That's okay. It was a goofy story anyways. Let's Every... edit that right out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything locked That's up. That's a good story like, though. Crap. Well, you, yeah, you're telling about about the gold nail polish and you you said you wanted to bring up something here on the podcast and that was that you get a hard time about what you wear when you fish right oh yeah everyone's always like why are you dressed for brunch or wearing an evening gown on the boat <laughs> well, for one i'm a woman and i wear you know some summer dresses but they're all upf i wear i spend a ton of time in the sun and i wear sun hats upf i wear all my clothes are like the UPF. So that's what you're seeing. You're just seeing the your protective sunwear. So never have I worn a black evening gown on the musky boat. 
<laughs> and there's sign on all my dresses but yeah you know they're just they're sun protective so you have to oh, yeah. wear sun shirts or whatever your pants are upf the dresses are upf the skirts are upf so it keeps you safe you can't be yeah. getting sunburned i don't like to bake in the sun it's not my thing <laughs> lots of sunscreen i gotta work on that personally like so how'd we lose you, Ryan? I don't know, dude. Everything just went black, and I was like, "Uh-oh!" And I Did got your power blink. No, no, just I didn't ever drop the internet either. I don't know mm -hmm. what happened. Yeah, that was bizarre. We'll have to get an IT guy in here. It's crazy because I can't believe <laughs> the call stayed connected. Yeah, like it didn't end oh, the call; it just kicked. It just me switched out. and said Owen is now the host. Owen's now in charge. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh. The computer knows where the hierarchy falls. <laughs> yeah, the does. algorithm is picked up on it. But I, I got it recording, so I don't know if it's recording on my... Uh, yeah, it should be recording on my side still. So we're good. Yeah, yeah we're good. That's cool. Good. So, Katia, anything else you wanted to talk about here tonight? I think that about wraps it up on my end. Not Nothing I can think of specifically. Well, boys, how about you, fellas? Anything else you've been dying to ask Katia before we before we let her let her get get their her beauty sleep so she she and Zach can be up early in the morning? Sam and Fisher, yeah. do you guys have any trips planned? What's the rest of your season look like? Well, I'll be I'll be going to Nipissing with Nick uh, in September. We go and fish for a week, and I think Donnie and Kellen are trying to come up for at least a couple of days, like they did last year. And Ryan, I believe, is is going to be joining us this year. So we might have almost the whole crew. Tom's still been non-committal, so I'm not too sure where he is on that. But uh, you know, hopefully he will be with us too, and we can have the whole group. But we're that you know that's kind of my big trip because I take the whole week off of work and. I can just clear my head and go out and do that. Uh, I don't really get an opportunity to do that unless I go away. So it's important to me. People are like, well, why do you go 10 hours to, to, to catch fish when you can catch them right, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, New York? Well, I mean, th this is like my trip, you know, it's my trip to get away and yeah. just fish, you know? So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Other than that, I don't have anything else planned. I got St. Clair in August. Oh, you are going in August? Yeah. Nice. Beginning 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 of August and then trying to do nip, but that's pretty much about it. I Will don't you know. take your boat out there? To St. Clair? No. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go out with, with Todd Lee a party, so I'll be nice. I'll be sitting the competition. Yeah. It'll be <laughs> right. nice. My boat's not as nice. We're gonna sneak a couple bakers into your tackle box and see how Todd reacts. That's probably not wise for the for the bakers. Yeah. Yeah, a, I'm not taking, I'm not going to take any baits on that one. I'm going to leave no, everything. It's not, it's not bakers. He says he'll toss anything overboard. He throws everything that's not a Leo overboard. He'll probably... It's like a rite of passage. You know what I mean? They put their time in. They want to fish their baits. I get it. I would oh, absolutely. Dale Wiley told, told me like the same story that he was out fishing with somebody and they brought some bucktail on the boat with them. And he just, as soon as they took it off, he just. With that. Yeah. <laughs> See, I wouldn't bring like any other baits out with Zach and Katia. You know, I'd just yeah. be running Baker. So it makes sense yeah. to do that. When in Rome, you know? Yeah. Now, nowadays, do you guys run anything else or you, you're all Bakers now? 
Well, every once in a while, we'll run a, a Wiley. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Full spread bakers. So we've been running the bigger ones already this year. We put, you know, we went a few trips. We weren't really getting any bites or any anything. And we threw the seven and a halfs on and bam. And then the last fish, two fish I got, seven and a halfs. Big fish too. Big fish, big bait. So it seems a little early this year, but they want the big ones. Maybe it's the year of the queen. Maybe I'll get a nice one on the river this year. One of my favorite fish, one of my, it was one of my scariest times out, which is a whole nother story as well. The weather changed on us. The wind changed on us up on the St. Lawrence, but it was uh, two consecutive full moons. I got to go up there and I caught two full moon fish and it was just absolutely beautiful. Just so awesome out there at night and having that big full moon light up the the river and absolutely gorgeous up there. That's super. I've cool. never been up there. Donnie, Donnie had a chance to go up there last year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went for the first time last year. I spent a week up there and uh, I agree. It's, it's, Quite an amazing fishery on a lot of levels. It can be overwhelming, but yes, it's a, it's amazing. Where'd you go out now of you... Clayton? Or... Uh, no, we were up around Messina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Some exactly where we were. fishing. Yeah. Yeah. And then out into, like, we, we were up into Canada. I know that a little bit. We, yep. we did some traveling. Yeah, it's a hike all the way up there. Even for us, being in New York, I think Messina's got to be a good five hours away, if not more. Four, yeah, I think four or five I hours. Think it was like 10 hours from my house, if I remember, from where I'm at. Yeah, it's a haul. But that's a nice vacay a week up there in the islands. Did you get to see any of the castles? I don't know what you're talking about, so I guess (laughs) castles. Yeah, there's beautiful castles on the river. Next time, you'll have to look look into it. Hmm. Very cool. That's cool. There's a Bolt Castle. It's on a a heart-shaped island. A guy built it for his wife many, many years ago, early 1900s. And it's just a humongous, huge mansion, like a real castle, and she ended up passing away and stopped building it and it was left as is for many years and they allow you to take tours and eventually recently in the last five ten years they restored it and and now it's in its full glory but you can still take tours it's quite beautiful really cool wow donnie's like I, i never picked my head up from the grill <laughs> there was we didn't do much trolling at all when we were up there. We were up there for a week, and I would say it was eighty-five percent casting. Uh, yeah, definitely. Did just, you get into the zebra mussels at all? Did they bother you, or with your lines, or oh yeah, walking yeah? Because or... you yeah, run that... like wire leaders up there, You're right? We right. do. Yeah. No, we didn't, but. That's why we casted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. We were, just weren't, uh, we weren't really prepared for it. And I mean, I, we went, I went up planning to cast more anyway. Like that was kind of the game plan. But uh, I honestly, you know, I didn't realize 
that that river was even, you know, how trollable it was. You know, like I, I just didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, but we did do some tricky. trolling. It can definitely be tricky with the shoals and the different, if you don't know it, you're staring at that map religiously mm. and coming. A lot of it is night fishing too up there. And it, it can be a lot paying attention to where each buoy is in the dark and things sneak oh, up yeah. on you. And you're over in Canada most of the time when you're fishing and there's a current, there's a very strong current and, but that's where the big ones are. So we go hunt the river. How often do you guys go there? Uh, well, I have family up there. My family, a lot of my family lives around the area. So we have a, an excuse to try to make it up there uh, a couple times. You know, uh, last year we probably made it up there more, at least five or more times. That's awesome. I'd yeah, say I probably got, I probably got about five river fish, I think. Yeah. Is that where the 50, 50 and a half is from? Nope. No? That was that was an inland fish. Okay. Nice. So we do have a 57 mount that's up on the wall that he got on his own a couple of years prior to that, but nothing mountable that I've gotten out of there yet. She's waiting for me. Oh, yeah. That's 57. a freaking giant. Ridiculously huge. Isn't that insane? Yes, it is. And you get the leopard prints and the different spotted fish and just the beautiful variety you're not used to seeing. We have a lot of the green backs here inland, a lot of those green muskies. Mm -hmm. So I love the variety. That's kind of why I'm really excited to go to St. Clair too, is, you know, different fish. Even when I fished in Ohio, I think, you know, the fish are whiter. Right? Am I correct yeah, in saying that? Yeah. Yep. Like a more silvery color. So. It's always exciting to see the different types that they have. Yeah, those spotted St. Clair fish are cool. But I know you've been out there place. before? Yeah, I was out. I've only been there twice. The first trip was more of a it was more of a pike excursion it turned into. Yeah. Dano and I were we were on the struggle bus on that one, but I got to go with with Todd. I think it was last year. Was it last year? Might have yeah. been last year. That was the first trip out, you know, to the Canadian side. And it, I mean, that's a cool lake. And I will say that it's just, you know, all the stuff that you hear people talk about the watercolors and all that, you know, it's pretty wild to see it. We didn't get to really experience that a whole lot. Some the first trip, but we were kind of, uh, I'll just say like relegated to, uh, to, to anchor Bay the first trip up there. So have to see a little more of the lake this last time. It's cool, but St. Lawrence is on my list. I'd love to do that. I got to get up there at some point. Yeah, I, I would. I'd like to make. I'd like to make that a trip for sure. Dude, that night fishing stuff scares me to death on that river. It is. It can be very <laughs> scary. So we had the wind switch on us, and it went from, I don't know, maybe it was a south wind to a west wind, and that west wind really kicked our butts. And it started raining and it was pitch black there. It wasn't hardly any moon in the sky. And, you know, the way you explain it is you're driving by feel. You can't really see you're hitting these waves and at night and you can't see in front of you. It's insane. 
you know, when the when the river lays down and it's flat, it's a nice fish. It's calm. It's beautiful out there, especially if you have any moon. But if that weather changes on you, it's not it's very overwhelming for sure. And that might have been my most scariest experience on any water was making it back from wherever we were to land. And like, holy cow. We yeah. did it, though. We made it. But you're That's just out there. You, want to play games. you can talk behind an island or something if you get a, you know, win. But when, when the waves start kicking up and it's nighttime, it's just, that's a little bit too much. Could you, <laughs> you really want to watch the weather, make sure you, it's flat. Could you imagine me out there in the middle of the night with like a 20 horse? <laughs> just, it would be no. scary. No, no, no. I'd, I don't think Not that's recommended. When you guys do your salmon trips, you said you drive the boat and Zach runs the runs the lines. Musky fishing, what's what's your setup? We both, like I say, I'm like, well, I was driving, so I put us on the fish and I got the fish and I ripped it in. No, set, <laughs> we, you know, he really tries to teach me how to do everything properly. So I, I am very hands on. Um, I won't lie, if the weeds are really bad, he might get stuck with the brunt of shaking the weeds off and stuff like that. We, you know, I don't try to do things that are going to hurt me. Have you ever gotten a huge, like those huge weed piles while you're trolling? That's ridiculous. Showstoppers. Kill a a person, you know? So, but other than that, I mean, I drive, I pick the colors of the lures. I love picking them right off the wheel, like fresh paint every time gets them. I swear, fish love fresh paint. (laughs) So... You know, I touch just about every lure that leaves the house. <laughs> I've got to. I'm obsessed. But well, that's cool. You know, I grab the rod. If the rod goes off, I'm grabbing that rod. I'm reeling it in while I'm reeling in the the back down rod because you got to get the board in, and it takes all hands on deck. Whatever, whoever's wherever you do it, you grab it, you jump, you jump up as fast as you can. You know, you know how it is when you hear that yep. rip. Z- Every once in a while, I, I pull the line on Zach. I call it his stroke face because he'll just turn around. I haven't done that in a while, but I think we're due. <laughs> I, that's like the to me, that's like the equivalent of pulling a strap on a golf bag on the back of a golf cart. Like yeah. it's just that's the that's the one gag that it's like it's funny the first time it happens, but after like the first time it's like annoying. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you can only like, do it like once every four years. You can't yeah. do it like yeah. that often. <laughs> I think we're due though. <laughs> <laughs> you get I'll, keep you po- I'll keep you posted. Yeah. 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 That's good yeah, stuff. So that's about oh. it with me between the show this year. I'll be co-hosting with them and then doing the club and getting some fishing in and I'm pretty busy. It's Plus busy. Other, everything else in life. The salmon and gotta say yeah. thank you for all you're doing for Muskie's Inc. and yeah. the other stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's huge. And really, and and you know, we really haven't said said much of you know. You're the first female angler we've had on the podcast, and you know that's I awesome. Think I think it's really important to say, like you know, you've said a number of times about the type of confidence that fishing has given you, and that it is actually something that gives you confidence when you're down, you know, when when things aren't going great, you know, and 
to hear a woman saying that when women are not traditionally the people that find solace in fishing, you know, and it's just awesome that you do. And, and maybe that will get more, more women to, to say, Hey, look, I'm going to go out and see what this is all about. You know, why? Yeah, I hope so. what is, what is that ad adrenaline rush that, that, that these, you know, everyone's talking about. Exactly. And, you know, and I do post pictures, but I want people to see, like, it's something to be proud of. You, you catch these fish, you want to keep your memory. It's a woman out there doing it. And I think a lot more, a lot more women have gotten into the, just in general, not necessarily musky fishing, but fishing in general. And, you know, during COVID, just men and women alike, a lot more people have gotten out on the water. More boats were sold than ever. I think they sold every boat that was made during COVID, right? They ran right. out of boats. Yeah. So definitely, you know, you want women to see that it's not just a man's sport. You know, it can be a little bit of a boys club sometimes, but there's a place for us. And yeah, and you're showing, that, you know, by, yeah. by becoming president of a chapter. I mean, that's talk about, you know, working your way up and, and gaining respect and being respected by, by the, what you would call the old boys club, you know? Yeah. And club. I appreciate that. And, and there's been a ton of, a ton of positive feedback and huge support from other club presidents, members, fishermen in general. It's I've, I've seen a ton of support and I really appreciate that doing my best. And I'm not sure if I'm the first Muskie's Inc woman president, but I might be, I'm not sure. That's, yeah, that's a good question. You very well might be. For our chapter, definitely. But I'm not sure about nationwide. I have to look into that. Well, that's awesome. And we, that's you know, super thank cool. you so much for coming on with us tonight. Thank you us for all having me. Thank you. It's the first time I've ever done something like this. So another barrier to break. Yeah, you did great. There you go. Awesome job, Katia. Yeah. yeah. This I was awesome. I it too much. No, you no. did great. No, this has been awesome. This has yeah. been awesome. Well, thanks for having me, hunks. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Anytime, yeah. If you ever, if you ever want to come back on and talk about your chapter, if there's any announcements you want to make, anything like yeah. that, you just let That'd us be know. Awesome. I want you guys to go live from the New York Muskie Expo. Mm -hmm. How about well, that? <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll we'll talk about having to do and we'll talk about doing that. Yeah. yeah. Do a. Do I gotta a, go a on record right now and just say. The odds of me being able to stay a weekend in New York that weekend are going to be slim because February uh, 3rd is also my daughter's birthday, which is why I wasn't uh, yeah. there last year. Uh, but yeah. I may be able to make an appearance, but there's no way I, that's going to be a weekend getaway for me. I can How say far is Chautauqua right for you, Donnie? Um, like just under two and a half hours. Okay. Like, See, it's not much different for us. We're 215, right. almost yeah, two and a half. About the same distance. I can possibly get up there in the morning or the afternoon. One of the days, probably yeah. Sunday, would be more likely. Or, but I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. Well, hopefully, say, you can make up. If Owen has a booth up there, it would be cool to do like a Friday night setup podcast. Or we could just have a surprise birthday party for your daughter. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. Birthday. Maybe bring I, the whole family. Have my, and, I could just, yeah. I won't say anything to my wife about the Muskie Expo. I'll just be like, what do you think about this Tell venue you're up taking in Chautauqua? Her to yeah, yeah. yeah. Show her the luxury hotel. Yeah, exactly. Have a nice party. 
Spend the whole the weekend away. <laughs> well, look is... at this. There's a musky show going on. Oh, oh my goodness. Who this knew? Is out. You know, what the <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, we might as well pop in while we're here. <laughs> <laughs> this is legit a good idea. Then you can send her up to get her lures, her kids' lures. <laughs> yeah, this might work. All right. Wade went to the Wade went to the New York Muskie Expo last year. He loved it. I know he picked me out a couple bakers. Yep. Hot baits. Which Good ones job. did you? Yeah, I forget which ones Nick got me there. A couple five inchers. I yeah, think, two five inchers, I think. Or maybe a five and a four. I don't know. I know one was that purple shad. I was actually running that yesterday. See, it worked as good as Owen spinner bait and everything else. <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> Mama said there'd be days one like the, that, right? Yeah, one of those days. Couldn't even bump a sub. Nope. I Bumping subs. <laughs> Couldn't even bump a sub. So is that your trademark? Did you invent that line? I hear that. Out of, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you can, we can go oh, with the that. King of bumping we'll just, subs. We'll just go king with that. The yeah. king of bumping subs. That's it. Someone's someone's got to do it. You know. Somebody's right. got to bump those subs and they take can't. those net shots, baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord, we're off the rails. <laughs> we're we're off the yep. rails. Can't yeah. get into that. This one. Is, I think it's a sign. It's bedtime. <laughs> it's off limits. Great day. I hope you guys have a great day on the water tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully the weather. Thank turns you so out. much. Thanks Thank for you. everything. Good Continue. luck. Thank you guys. It was I awesome get up speaking there and with you. Salmon fishing. You guys yeah. are open invite anytime. Give me a awesome. jingle. We'll plan it. Okay. Sounds awesome. All right. Yeah. We'll Sounds get you good. out this year. Thank All you right. for coming on. Thanks Thank for you everything. So much. Nice job, guys. All right, see ya. I had to shake him on my last case. Big O don't play.